Welcome to Quick Brain, bite-sized brain hacks for busy people who want to learn faster and achieve more. I'm your coach, Jim Quick. Free your mind. Let's imagine if we could access 100% of our brain's capacity. I wasn't high, wasn't wired, just clear. I knew what I needed to do and how to do it. I know Kung Fu. Show me. Welcome back, Quick Brain. So here's your question of the day. How do you get out of your own way? And I'm really excited about this conversation we're going to have today. And Todd, first of all, thank you. Todd Herman, thank yeah. you for being on our, on our show. It's a pleasure, man. And we were, we were geeking out over high performance because Todd is a high performance coach. He's a game-changing expert. You're a strategist. You work with some of the most elite individuals in corporate America, in boardrooms, and also in the field. Yeah. Athletics, also as well as a former athlete yourself, yeah. but also as a parent. So in all these different contexts, you must see certain patterns Yeah. where people, they say they can't get out of their own way, but what does that mean, and what can we do about this? Because um, your book, yeah. right, which I recommend everybody go pick up, The Alter Ego Effect, talks about this a lot. Yeah. A lot of the root of the question, especially in your community, would be because they're learners, they're people who are striving, they are coachable, they're, they're consuming, trying to find new ways of activating that other self that actually gets out there. The frustration builds even more so sometimes because they're trying ideas that they sound good, they sound right. right, but on the field of play, of performance, they actually don't. It's actually one of my great frustrations, kind of like, with the self-help and personal development world is like they've been trotting out ideas for a very long time and the people who've been trotting them out aren't practitioners. They haven't been working with people one-on-one. And I've worked with people for over 16,000 hours, you know, in pro sports, Olympic sports, in business, public figures. And the one missing thing that people keep on passing by, which is something you're a massive advocate for, this is why I'm excited for this conversation, is tapping into our real superpower that human beings have, which is our creative imagination. Some people create a a heaven from hell or a hell from heaven, right? We narrate and we add meaning to things. And sometimes people are sort of weighing themselves down with those bricks that get tossed their way instead of using them as building blocks to step up. So those people, when they're talking about getting out of their own way, it's because they know that there's a gap between what they can do, what their capabilities are, what the skills are that they have, and what they're getting out on the field of play of life, whatever it might be, if they're a parent or if they're a business professional or if they're an athlete. And so my job has always been, how can I make it so that what your capabilities truly are inside of you are now reflected on that field? And the bridge that I've used for the longest time with people is tapping into the creative imagination and specifically one of the major tools I use is using an alter ego to help tap into maybe a different emotion or a different set of qualities that are actually already still inside of you Mm -hmm. that draws out of you and finally gets yourself out there. You were mentioning that people, they have a vision for their life and yet they maybe step back Mm -hmm. or they sabotage and they try other things. Yeah. Like they've looked at other things in the self-improvement industry and because it didn't work for them, because we're talking about the difference between you know working with practitioners, people getting yeah. results, they feel shame and they feel guilt or they feel like yeah. it actually perpetuates this idea like I'm not enough. Yeah. Everybody else seems to be getting this right because I hear it from all the same people. Yeah. What's wrong with me? And it is frustrating that with your own intention of doing the right things and you pick up a new, new idea that sounds nice but... The mind, is a, the mind is a funny thing. Like what you think is practically correct doesn't actually work that way 
in the practical application of how we perform. People who have gone out and done phenomenal things have leveraged the power of an alter ego consistently over and over again. And the great thing about this idea is when people hear it, there is an immediate connection to it in that you've either played with the idea before or you've heard of it. There might be a little bit of resistance because then some people go to, but is this about being inauthentic or fake or something like that, which is not even anywhere near what it is. Every single person that's listening to this or watching this right now has 100% used this idea. Why? Because it's built into the human psyche. When we were young kids, we played with this idea, pretending to be Superman or Wonder Woman when we're jumping off of the couch or our favorite athlete, you know, basketball player or hockey player when we're going, I'm going to go be Wayne Gretzky or LeBron James, Mm -hmm. whatever the case is. That's us playing with new ideas in our mind and seeing what it feels like and helping us to expand our skill set and do things that we maybe don't think that we can do, but that other person or or thing can. And it's extraordinarily healthy. And then we end up growing up and we're we're told to like, you know, act your age or grow up or, you know, and we start shunning that and we become more pragmatic and practical and all that. Now, I'm a massively pragmatic person, but I'm pragmatic in the way that What's the stuff that actually works? And I'm going to do that. And using and leveraging an alter ego is 100% what allows people to more gracefully move through life. And there's a great study that was done on this at the University of Minnesota where a lady had heard about this kind of concept of alter egos. And uh, so she decided to kind of run a test with young children, four to six-year-olds. She brought them into a room and gave them a puzzle that was unsolvable. So right off the bat, there was going to be failure for everybody. And she tracked to see how long they would stick with the puzzle before they would quit. Okay, so they do that. One thing that came out of it, though, was it was fascinating to hear what their self-talk was. And it, was, it, it started to descend into you know, beating themselves up. Okay? Then they brought in this rack of superhero costumes. Specifically, it was Batman, and it was Dora the Explorer. Mm-hmm. And they said, hey, choose whichever one that you want and put one on. So... They put on the costumes, and then they gave them another unsolvable puzzle. And this time, their level of grit and perseverance went way up. But the self-talk also changed as well. And they would start, so they ended up sticking with their puzzle for way longer. That's how you're measuring the grit and perseverance. That's how we know that, you know, they were sticking it out longer. But they would say things like, Batman wouldn't quit, so I won't quit. We can all use this to suspend that disbelief about what we think we can and cannot do because of, you know, personal narrative or traumas. We've all had something happen to us. Meet that resistance of force Mm -hmm. head on with willpower, which is what is typically had been brought out for the longest time in the self-help world. Well, resistance can have many things behind as to why it's showing up that way. Trauma, personal family narrative. Well, you know, like the Quick family has never been an entrepreneur, so why would I be an entrepreneur, right? Or... You know, no one from my country has made it X, Y, Z or, you know, whatever it might be. So why would I be able to do that? All those things happen at such an unconscious level and they end up impacting people's belief in what they can see for themselves or their performance, despite the fact that at an internal level, they want it, Hmm. right? Why move at this force of resistance, which is like a herd of rumbling elephants with this willpower, which is like a mouse in comparison, Instead, the back door to resistance is our creative imagination. We can step around it by tapping into the powers of someone and something else in our own mind, which then now infuses us with the confidence that we can go out there and do that. Because it's not you doing it now. You're suspending right. that disbelief. It's actually Oprah going out and doing it. Or it's you know, uh, Stan Lee 
or it's you know Wolverine or something like that. Now here's the reality: it's still you. And that's the truth because it's the truth. some people who are watching this or listening to this right now could say that's not authentic. Mm. You know, that's not really you're faking it until you you're, you're making, making it. it. Yeah, which is nothing. I mean, that's a terrible term, and I've. I can't stand it because a just in the context of messaging, as we all know, you know, saying faking it till you make it, uh, it's a terrible way of actually explaining it away. Um, but what you're doing is you're acting very intentionally from the inside of who and what you want to be showing up as out there. Faking it is when you're trying to do something to deceive other people or trick them. Right. If that's what your context is, then yeah, you're 100% faking it, and you are 100% being inauthentic. Plus, what you're doing in that moment is you're creating what I call a trapped self. Anytime your motivations are for other people, other things, to impress, to create an outcome, like it's all about that outcome, then, then it creates this trapped self because now your motivation is about that as opposed to being very in- intentionalist from the inside. And I'm doing this because I want to show up this way because right. I'm sick and tired of not showing up that way. Nothing feels more inauthentic to a human being than when you end your day with your head on a pillow, beating yourself up because you wished you would have said this, mm-hmm. done this, raised your hand, spoke up, taken action like closing the deal when that person was obviously giving you the buying signal, but you're so scared of someone saying and rejecting you that you didn't do it. Mm-hmm. Well, that wasn't your heroic self, what I call in the book showing up. That was a trapped self that shunned away and kept yourself safe. The brain does this, right? I mean, it. it it dislikes comfort zone and getting to the fringe, but a heroic self and tapping into an alter ego can bring you around that and allow you to actually show up like you know that you can. Yeah, and what you're saying is with the alter ego effect, you could use the power of your creative imagination yeah. to show another side of yourself, this, this superhero mm-hmm. self, the superhero you that everybody has inside of them. Yeah, well to understand that your identity is, always, is constantly evolving anyway. This is about bringing the power back inside of yourself and saying no, because like, at your core, everyone understands that at your core, you are not those things. Because that, that wasn't how you were born. You learned these things over time. You know, in the, in the book, I talk about the different layers that end up creating this self and how each one you know, has a dark side to it. And then there's this light side that comes with it as well. You know, the ordinary world and the extraordinary world. Um, but when we're drawing on and using the qualities of someone or something else, we remove all the narrative associated with that person because we haven't lived that person or that thing's life. Right. So we're actually just donning the, the positive qualities of that. One of my, one of my uh, clients, uh, was a, this early on, he's a young 14-year-old, um, well, 13-year-old at the time, and he had been dominating in baseball all of his kind of life, just loved it. He's from the New York City area here. And... All of a sudden, his peers started hitting, hitting puberty before him, and they started getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Now, he had all the baseball skills inside of them, but he started paying attention to how much bigger that other kid was. And, oh, that, Todd, that guy has a mustache. He was pitching, he had a mustache. And so he was getting, now he's outside of his own head, right? He wasn't controlling what he could control. And um, one day when we were chatting, I said, do you know about Paul Bunyan? And he's like, no, who's that? And I said, okay, call me tomorrow at 4 o'clock when you're done school and let me know about everything you can about Paul Bunyan. So the next day he called me, he's like, well, he's like, our call is over? And I'm like, yep, I gave you some homework, go do it. So he goes and he researches about Paul Bunyan, comes on the call, and I mean, he was an encyclopedia. He's like, this guy was 100 feet tall, he protected the settlers as they were going out across the land, he did great deeds for other people, he could knock down a huge 
redwood tree with one swing of his axe. And I said, now, imagine that you went out as Paul, would Paul Bunyan, as he's walking to the plate, be ever thinking about how big that other kid is? Because mm. he's 100 feet tall. In fact, he's going to be thinking about, wow, this is a little bit surprising that that little kid's going to pitch me a ball when I can knock down a tree with my axe. And, and so I got him to start playing with it. But the, the reason behind it was I wanted him to get so emotionally engaged with the idea of Paul Bunyan so that he knew his backstory. Because as you know, and I mean, you're around the world of Marvel, Marvel Comics, and they're phenomenal at building these worlds, that really the bridge that connects thought and action is emotion. Well, when I'm helping people with developing alter egos, I want them to have as much emotional resonance as possible with that story so that they can act through it with more grace. And so with him, he was like, oh no, he wouldn't. And I'm like, well, what else? What, else? what, what, what would Paul be thinking? Because I want him to actually step into the thoughts of Paul, not himself, because right. his thoughts right now are hurting him, despite the fact he has the capabilities. And he's like, well, he wouldn't think this, and he would, he would think this, and, and I'm like, what else, what else? Well, he went 23 for 23 at the plate, his next Amazing. 23 appearances, knocking out consistently home runs all the time. His dad called me up, and he was like, this is impossible. Kids don't hit 23 for 23 at the plate, especially when they're the smallest kid on the team. I'm like, don't put limits on them. Right. Don't put limits. Your job as that parent is to not say, this can't be done. And it's like, what else can you be doing? What else can be done? An alter ego becomes your internal ally. There's this great quote that the kind of um, the Hollywood golden era actor, Cary Grant, uh, mm-hmm. said. And he said, I pretended to be somebody I wanted to be, or I became that person, but at some point in time, we met. And to know his history, he battled with depression all of his life. He was very concerned about how other people perceived him. Right. Um, came from uh, not a great neighborhood in, uh, in, in England, but was making it in Hollywood. And he really did want to bring out this more kind of dashing and debonair and charismatic person that he felt like was on the inside, but somehow he had this gap in his own mind. Um, and that quote that he had said was at the, near the end of his career. And the only thing I would change about it was I activated the person. Mm. It's not about pretending, but it's I activated. This is about your choice. I activated the person I wanted to be or I became that person, but at some point in time we met. But where you are and where you want to get to, it's like a two-circle Venn diagram. It's not quite overlapping yet, but that bridge to help make it happen can be an alter ego. And then all of a sudden, some point, you are. Like it happened with me. When I first started out in business, I was 21. I looked like I was 12. Totally concerned about what other people were thinking of me and insecure about, well, you know, I don't have enough degrees to go and talk about this subject matter. And, you know, all of this insecurity was like stopping me from going out and doing the things that I wanted to go do, which was, I was really good already. I was good already at helping people navigate the mental game of sport. Um, And I wasn't working with pro athletes yet. I was starting out working where I needed to be, which was with, you know, youngsters, beginners. Um, But I still wasn't making the calls to go and book speeches or workshops or anything like that. And I remember back to when, you know, me using my alter ego in, in football, which then helped me get college football scholarships. And I thought, well, what if I brought Geronimo, which was my alter ego, out onto the, in, into business? And I'm like, well, it doesn't kind of match up because Geronimo was fairly aggressive out there. Um, doesn't really help me in business. So, again, this is where context matters. And I thought, well, but 
right now I'm so insecure, I want to be confident and I want to be decisive because I wasn't making decisions and I want to be articulate when I'm on stage and describing what I do and how it can impact other people. And, um, and then I thought, wait a second, I used the helmet to trigger Geronimo. I need something to trigger this other self. And so I've always thought that people who wear glasses are smart and, you know, that they're, and that's who I wanted to start mm-hmm. showing up as. So I went to Lens Crafters in West Edmonton Mall where I was living at the time and I bought a pair of non-prescription glasses and I started, that's when I would starting, I'd start stepping into Richard. You know, when those would go on, that insecure Todd would go to the sidelines and Richard would take over. And Non-prescriptive glasses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so to this day, and this was long before wearing glasses was cool. You know, this is, like, this is, the, this is the late 90s. Even the optometrist was like, you've got 2015 vision. Like, you don't need glasses. And I'm like, can you just please just let me buy the glasses? Um, personal reasons. And, uh, but now, obviously, you know, people wear them for style, and that's all I wear them for now is dress. My point about that whole two circles coming together, one day I was working away, and I didn't have my glasses on, because I would, I would step in. It was me purposely stepping into that and activating that self. Um, and this then, is like a reverse Clark Kent kind of. Exactly. It's like what Superman. I call it. It was my reverse Superman. Yeah. You know, Superman put on the glasses to become the mild-mannered Clark Kent. Um, I put on the glasses to become my Superman version of myself, and that's what I actually called myself was Super Richard because my first name is Richard. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and, and so, uh, but anyways, I was working away, and I didn't have my glasses on. Mm-hmm. And, I, and then I went to that quote from Cary Grant, and I was like, I became the person I wanted to be. Yeah. I didn't need it anymore. Want to double your brain speed and memory power? If you'd like to learn rapidly and get ahead faster, I'd like to give you my brand new Quick Brain Accelerator program. You will discover exactly what I teach my clients to learn, read, and remember anything in half the time. There is no charge. It's my gift to you for being one of our subscribers. That's kwikbrain.com. Or simply text the word podcast to 916-822-7246 and we'll send you a direct link. That's 916-82-BRAIN. Growing up struggling with learning challenges from a childhood brain injury, it's been my life's mission to help you have your very best brain so you can win more every single day. Now, want more quick brain? Here are four ways to fast track your results and lock in what you just learned into your long-term memory. Remember fast, F-A-S-T. The F stands for Facebook. You're not alone on this journey. I invite you to join our free private online group. There you can connect with me, your fellow brain lovers, links to resources, and even submit your questions for me to answer in future episodes. Go to quickbrain.com. That's K-W-I-K brain.com. The A stands for apply. Act on what you learned today. Remember, knowledge is not power. It's potential power. It only becomes power when you use it. So use what you just learned. The S stands for subscribe. Don't miss the next episode and other free brain training. And finally, the T stands for teach. You want to learn faster now? The key is to lock it in right away by teaching it to someone else. When you teach something, you get to learn it twice. Here's a simple way to do that. Leave a review on iTunes. Leave a review with your biggest takeaway from this episode. You could also post and share this podcast on your social media. It helps us spread our mission of building better, brighter brains. And of course, tag us so our team could properly thank you. Hashtag quick brain, K-W-I-K brain. Mine is at Jim Quick, K-W-I-K, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. So what does FAST stand for? Facebook, apply, 
subscribe, teach. I'll see you in our next episode of Quick Brain. Until then, remember, you are faster and smarter than you think.